Well, good morning. Again, like the time I was up here last time, I have no idea how we're supposed to follow that. It's great. It's good stuff. All right. Well, we are in our uh, third and uh, final week this week on uh, God's good design uh, for women. And just like we did uh, during the men's section of this series, we're going to have some ladies from the church come up in a couple minutes for a, a panel discussion. Um, but as I was thinking this week um, and reflecting on kind of like what it means to be a godly woman. I thought God really brought to my mind some of the women from my life that have really just shaped and molded like who I am today. I mean, obviously my wife and my mom, you know, being the most influential over time, uh, but beyond them, just really having great examples of godly, gospel-saturated women in this church uh, and in the church that I grew up in. And just was reminded like how much I've learned from watching their lives, how much they love others and serve others and lay their life down for others, how faithful women of Christ are in prayer, right? Like even to this day, some of the ladies in this church, being around them when they're praying just brings me closer to the presence of God. I love hearing the ladies of this church pray. And so as I was thinking about all of this, I just was, just found myself being so thankful and grateful for how God has created and designed and wired women and how he so often uses them for his kingdom purposes. And so ladies, I just wanted to encourage you this morning uh, from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, for, for uh, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so ladies, you are God's workmanship. You are created in his image. You've been made new by the work of Christ so that you may walk in his good design for you, for his eternal purposes. And so my life has just been marked by women who understood this, who believed this, who walked in this, and I am so thankful for how that has shaped and molded me, and I'm so thankful to follow Jesus together with you in this church, but more on that is coming next week. So with the ladies that are going to be on the panel discussion, come on up this morning. Yeah. <laughs> to run up. Well, thank you all for uh, participating today. Um, just want we go ahead and um, introduce yourself and kind of share where you are, where God has you on your journey of, of womanhood. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Ella Ferguson. Um, I am single, so it doesn't really feel like much of a journey, right? Because I've just kind of been single since day one, so it's fun. Um, but it is actually good. I feel like the journey part, sorry, is um, learning to view singlehood not as a time of waiting or a time of like, to not view it as something that's temporary or permanent, just to accept it as it is and to let God use me in my life as I am now. I'm Cammie. Um, I'm married to Trevor, and we've got two little boys and uh, unknown on the way. <laughs> um, got married three days after turning 18. Um, so yeah, I'm 22, and, but anybody who knows me well will tell you I'm an old lady on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's been a lot of learning along the way and stumbling and prayer, and still got a long way to go. Um, I'm Becky. I'm married to Jason, who does the worship sometimes, and have four kiddos in the midst, in the middle of 
teenage years, which is a ton of fun. And I don't really know how to answer that question of where I am. I'm just on the path, you know, kind of accepted Christ as an early um, child and then just growing throughout my life through different people. So I'm just along for the ride. My name is Allison Wilson, and I am kind of in the same stage as Cami here. I have a, I'm married to James. We've been married for seven years, and I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and an eight-week-old. And um, I would like to, I guess, consider where I am on this stage of womanhood, this, the, yeah, this continuum. Um, I think God has brought down a stronghold early in my life about what it looked like to serve him, to be really enslaved to him, but also be adopted by him um, and to submit to him. Um, that was kind of like through college and my early adulthood. And now I, he's kind of turning up the dust and bringing down a stronghold of what it looks like to be submitted to uh, my husband and to serve my family. I'm imperfect, but I'm, I've kind of learned how to do that with him. And now I'm trying to learn how to do that practically. Um, within my family in the way that he's designed. Cool. And we'll just, we'll come back this way. Okay. So you can be first next time. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you ladies kind of think back on, on your life so far, like what, what are the things that have um, helped to define what it means to be a godly woman or maybe like who are some role models that have gone before you that you've looked to and how has that helped to shape your life? Yeah, this is a really hard question to think about. Um, I think I've seen women just kind of as this general picture of, of who women were um, in my life. And so Um, prior to really joining a church that was really um, just like all about serving God and serving one another, um, I I kind of just saw women in this general sense of, uh, let's see, I need to to look at my notes so I don't miss this. Um, They they were really driven and successful in the fields they had passions for, and I um, saw them like, I, I, they were really po- focused on, they helped me really focus on my personhood as, like, a child of God, and I didn't really think of it as a, a woman or a man thing. Um, now, my view of womanhood um, is almost hyper-focused on being a wife and a mom instead of as a child of God, if that makes any sense. Um, but what was the greatest influence on my life is my view of the cross, and so there was a time in my life where I felt like I was building my life, and... Uh, what I had built was starting to fall apart. And um, then when I understood that all of the wrath that I deserved for my sin or even maybe my missteps or my misunderstandings um, was poured out on Jesus. And um, that was the most influential in me being able to, um, to see that God was building my life and um, to serve him and follow him. Um, so yeah, my view of the cross, my view of God has been even more influential than any one woman um, that was a negative or positive? Um, I guess I, I put that question towards the people who have helped shape my walk with Christ. And I definitely think of my mom. Um, she was always in the Word and in prayer. Um, and I remember as a younger middle school, high schooler, um, I was always watching babies and kids so she could do Bible studies. And I was remember thinking, like, I can't wait till I can lead the Bible study and my kids babysit. Like... <laughs> But, um, and now I'm kind of here and I don't, I don't, it's terrifying, but, um, (laughs) um, and then also through middle and high school, Julia Clark really poured into me, um, and just showed me a beautiful picture of what it means to just seek after the Lord and love the Lord first. Um, and she just made it so feasible and, um, 
um, it just looked awesome. The way she did it was just humility and grace and, and passion and love for her, her Lord. So I wanted what she had, and she helped me along the way. Um, and then Sharon Wong was also a huge influence to me, just faithfully coming beside me on the, in the little years when you have lots of toddlers, and it's just drowning sometimes. Um, she was just sweet and faithful to come alongside and help. She would come clean my house when I had my third baby and um, just showed a picture of what it means to um, be a godly wife and mom and, again, showed a picture that I wanted to my life to be like. For me, it was a lot of them in my, uh, in my family, but especially my mom. And uh, she's much more of a fiery redhead than I am. Uh, <laughs> And but just watching like her be it like a super go-getter even as a stay-at-home mom and how her and my parents interacted um, like even though she was the fiery go-getter my dad was the calm chill one her submitting everything to him and being like he's gonna hear all of her thoughts no matter what <laughs> but at the end of the day like the decision was his and she knew that he would listen to all of what she had to say um, uh, and then also, uh, Trevor's aunt, Gail, um, she's one of those women who it's like, I met her in passing a couple times and just knew like, this is a woman of God. I want to learn from her. I want to know her. So with lots of prodding, I asked her out to breakfast and she's been my mentor since I was 16 and we talk every other week and she's just excellent at asking questions that make you think and give you the hint that you might be going in the wrong direction or you need to consider other things, but she's also really, really good at encouragement. Like the best thing is at the end of our phone calls hearing her say like, good things are happening in your house. Cause sometimes I need that reminder cause that's just so overwhelming. And But yeah, she's just amazing to watch and listen to and she can, tell you things like how they are but humbly like she has an accurate assessment of like we did this well so this is the result but you don't get the a hint of pride or anything like that she's and she's also really good at sharing where they messed up and encouraging me not to mess up there um but she's just an amazing woman of god i think i was similar to allison i didn't really think that much about womanhood as like a I guess concept until somewhat recently actually with some of our sermon series um, this one the Ephesians series we did a while ago those really got me thinking like okay wait what does it mean to be like a woman and that those in a very positive way influenced my um, perception of womanhood in terms of role models you know my mommy is the role model <laughs> um, she homeschooled me and my siblings growing up and so just seeing her work just unendingly, I can't quite say tirelessly, but unendingly, <laughs> she was um, always just serving us, serving others, and just having such a good attitude about it, and just, yeah, serving the Lord with joy, so, and also some of um, her friends, like especially ladies in the co-op or in the church that I grew up around, just seeing um, the way that they served the, served the Lord, served the church, served others, just served so many people, and the way that they um, interacted with their husbands and children was very in influential. Yeah, last week, um Julian talked about some of the hurdles that women um, face. So just curious, 
um, which one of those um, kind of spoke to you and, and have you experienced or are you experiencing or, you know, it wasn't a comprehensive list like he mentioned. So if it wasn't one of those things, maybe something else. And then what, what are the encouragements uh, that you're finding currently or have found uh, to, to step through those um, with, with Christ's power? That's a good question. I feel like I had like the longest answer for this one, of course. <laughs> um, a big one for me was the struggle of submission. That was something especially, even, even as a kid, like when my mom would explain like, oh yeah, like the wife is under the husband. I was like, um, that can't be right. That doesn't sound good. I don't like that. Um, and it wasn't again until like recent years with the series that I mentioned, like the Ephesians series, the, this series now, um, that I really understood submission properly because it did to me feel like a lesser and greater type of thing. And I didn't like that, obviously. I mean, it's kind of a human thing not to want to be lesser, you know. Um, but just seeing just the way that the submission like actually plays out within married couples in the church also helped me a lot because I like would see all these like women in marriages who like were like yeah I submit to my husband and they were so happy and so joyful and like their marriage was so healthy and I was like oh okay so this like actually works that's good um, which is good cause for it kind of was at first I was like against submission like in like early high school I was like no that's not for me I can't do that and then I kind of realized, I was like, okay, I have to trust God with it. Like, Lord, I, I, I believe you know best. So it was kind of a resigned acceptance. Like, okay, I guess this is something I have to do. But now it's something that I, I look forward to if I ever get married, like being able to submit to a husband and support him and to be a helper um, to him. Another struggle for me is singlehood because um, you think of like verses about women, like the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, her husbands and children praise her. And I'm like, oh. I don't have a husband and children to praise me. Like, am I, am I a woman? Like, am I just not there yet? What's going on? Um, so kind of like I was saying earlier, just being content with being single. And that was, um, I remember at one point when I was kind of struggling through that, I went to 1 Corinthians after going to Proverbs 31 and seeing all the stuff about, you know, husband and kids. In 1 Corinthians 7, 26 to 40 is the whole section, but Paul is talking about how it's, um, it's better, to, or it's, he says it's better to be single because you can wholeheartedly serve the Lord. And I was like, okay, so he's not just saying, like, men, you should be single, woman, you need to get married. He's saying it's better to be single just across the board. But if you need to get married, obviously get married. It's good, too. But um, so seeing that was helpful. There are also examples of, like, Christian missionaries, like single Christian woman missionaries, like Mother Teresa or Gladys Aylward. And I was like, oh, wait, they were, they were single, and they still accomplished, like, great things for God. So that also was um, helpful for me. And then another answer. Just that my identity as a daughter of Christ, first and foremost, like I am not primarily a single person or a potential wife or potential mother, I am a daughter of Christ. So that's kind of how I came to terms with it, came to accept it. For me, one of my huge struggles is um, comparing. It's really hard to get away from that. Um, that and discerning between the Holy Spirit and my own desires, because I, I used to be very much like only what the Bible says and uh, very like thinking things through and ignoring any like intuition, but coming to realize like, oh, hey, God has given us intuition and it's a good thing, um, but trying to discern like what is intuition and the Holy Spirit's prodding and what is my own selfish heart. But for like comparing myself, uh, I found it a huge help to be, like, just remind myself and ground myself in who I am in Christ, like, made in his image, a child of God, a woman, a wife, a mother, daughter, sister, just listing out the things that I am that are, like, I'm not, I can't do anything to change them, 
and it's who I am and it won't it just helps me be like okay now I know who I am like Genesis 127 like we've been talking about this whole time being created in the image of God and John 1:12 like those who received him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God like that is what matters um and that I'm designed exactly how God intended me to be. I have lots of things I can't do, but there are also things that I'm good at, and it's okay. I can't be perfect at everything. My, my grandma told me multiple times, relating to marriage, but I found it relates to all relationships, like, do not be easily offendable, which sounds a lot easier than it is, and it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm offended, like, I'm gonna go riot, but, like, that hurt, like, you don't like me because you made this comment sort of thing. It's like, no, trying to figure out how to listen to constructive criticism without attacking myself and not being, yeah, offended by what other people say. And again, godly, like, seeking godly counsel, too. My chats with Aunt Gail are just a huge help, um, both in encouraging and helping me to stop comparing and doing things that I shouldn't. But yeah, if you don't find a mentor and be a mentor to someone else, like it's a huge help and there's always someone younger than you or the same age that you can mentor and find someone older and wiser than you and talk to them a lot. Um, I had two things I was thinking are my biggest struggles. I don't know what you would categorize them as, but one is kind of walking the line between I can do this and make it happen, I can do it, you know, or versus trusting and waiting um, for God to make it happen in his time, in his way. Um, you know, whether it's moving or, or job or whatever, even in my own heart, like wanting things to be different and my life to look differently, but waiting and being content and trusting him to make the work. And then um, I think another one is comparison too. Like, well, they're over there. I should be there. and They did it this way. I should do it that way. And then just going back to what does God want me to uh, how does God want me to do it? Or what does Jesus say that I should be instead of looking to everyone else to kind of direct me, but just looking to Christ instead? Um, and I think of verse in Acts 17, 26, is the whole thing is 24 through 26 is really good. But um, it's that he has set my boundary and he knows um, my lot and my lot is secure and um, he decided beforehand when I should rise and when I should fall. He determines their boundary. So just staying within Christ's um, boundary for me and submitting to my husband and, and honoring my husband and honoring Christ in whatever I'm doing. Um, and I kind of feel like submission is a gift. Like I'm grateful for submission because as long as I'm under my husband, then, you know, he's under God, which... I want to also be under God, but it feels a little bit more comfortable just to be under my husband than under God. It feels like more wrath or more like, even though we still have that as well, but um, I just look at it more of as a gift, I guess. Yeah, there's so much protection in that, right? When we're, when we're all, when we're in that, that right position there. Um, I thought of another verse um, along the lines with what Becky just shared, it, for those of you that are writing down verses or anything like that, but... Um, as I was preparing to move to Germany with my family and just thought about the seasons that God has us in, whether it's singleness or in yeah, whatever we're tempted to feel discontent in or having trouble waiting in, um, Psalm 104, verses 27 through 28, 
say, they all wait for you to give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather it up. You open your hand, they are satisfied with good. And it goes on to talk about how he appoints our seasons just like he appoints um, the rhythm of the sun and the moon and of darkness and light. Like our God, the creator of the universe, also has total control over the seasons of our life in that way too. And he's giving to us and we can receive it. And um, yeah, again, there's so much protection and good when we are submitted and, and trusting um, trusting him and even submitted to our husbands as well. Um, so my struggle uh, is, is in the area of security and um, and I am realizing that my issues in the area of security then affects my ability to be submitted and, to, and it affects my view of success too. That um, I just have recently begun seeing a counselor again um, a counselor with Safe Harbor Christian Counseling. And she, um, this past week, pointed out my extreme need for approval that I've kind of demonstrated throughout my whole life. And it's been really helpful to think about this this week as I've prepared for, for, the, um, for the panel as well, that um, throughout my life, really before um, following hard after the Lord, I was seeking approval from my parents or from friends. And then once I really saw Christian community and godly women in my life, then I really wanted approval from godly men and women. Um, but that's still not seeking approval from God. That's still seeking approval from man. And um, so I have really latched onto that. And um, so then I also see this in my life where I try to be a copy of a copy instead of a copy of the original that we're called to in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, to be imitators of God as beloved children. And um, there are lots of examples that we can follow of others who are also imitating God, but we can't miss that calling to imitate God first. And as others follow Christ, as like Paul says, as he follows Christ, follow him, but, but don't just follow Paul and himself. Um, so I've, that's, a, that's a struggle for me. And um, I'm also encouraged by all the promises of the Holy Spirit or God's power to do that in us, the, the ability to follow his commands or to, follow, to imitate him has to come from his spirit in us too. Um, so yeah, that's a great encouragement throughout the whole Bible of him giving his spirit to do that. So, um, you know, we've been using this idea of, of what a real woman is, right? One who rejects worldly identity, uh, expects God's greater reward, acts with strength, strength and wisdom, and loves others boldly. I uh, was so just curious, you know, which one of those areas do you feel like God uh, is currently or wants you to, to grow in more and kind of how he's, he's helping you with that? This goes hand in hand with that, um, just talking about approval, um, the rejects worldly identity. I kind of place that in worldly approval as well, rejecting worldly approval. Um, what's been helpful that we've been studying in our life group and even in other life groups around the church is what our identity is in Christ, that we are made new in him and that we are his ambassadors. And I think what I'm often looking for when I'm looking for approval in people is I'm looking to be made new when others approve of me, that that gives me this life that I'm looking for, but he is the one that gives me that newness and that um, it gives, gives me everything that I need, like Psalm 104 talks about too, um, that in him there is no want. Yeah, so, so rejecting worldly identity, uh, rejecting worldly approval, and really being so satisfied in the approval that he gives through the cross. Again, our, a proper view of the cross, knowing that we are fully accepted through the blood of Christ, frees us up to be able to serve him 
um, in really extreme ways, not looking for any approval from the culture? Um, I think mine would be to uh, expect God's greater reward. And I know you have to do your acronym, but I really didn't like the word accept. So I was like, or expect, sorry. Um, and I know we can expect things from Christ, but I felt like it was kind of like, you do this, I do that, kind of like demanding of him a little bit. And um, yeah, I guess just like seeking Christ's reward rather than the world's reward. Um, so I replaced expect and put seeking. But, um, uh, and that it may not be on this earth. You do have rewards from Christ during life, but really your reward is in heaven. And um, just waiting for heaven and waiting for that reward from him until then. So it might not look the way you want now, but if you just wait. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Allison on the rejecting worldly identity. Um, I've noticed that when I'm concerned with comparing myself with others or what my ideal is, um, I try to do everything on my own and get really grumpy and frustrated with myself and with my family because like my three-year-old needs something that's like, I'm trying to serve and love you. Leave me alone so I can do your dishes or whatever and just get really overwhelmed and frustrated with everything because I'm trying to do it all. Um, but when I pause to remind myself of who I am in Christ, like these little bumps and mistakes don't matter near as much. Um, and I can handle them uh, with grace and patience and resting in him. Um, and I pray often that he would give me the ability to accurately assess myself. I also chose Rejects Worldly Identity. I focused, focused more on um, like appearance and image and things like that. I think I've been like image conscious like ever since I can remember, like always thinking about like appearances and things like that, whether it's like physical or my reputation or whatever it is. So that's something that I've been growing in, you know, my whole life, hopefully, especially recently. But um, it's been helpful to, well, and once again, like talking about identity, like remembering that my identity isn't in my, even like my personality or in like what I look like. It's about Christ. Like Christ died to save me that, so that I can glorify him. He didn't save me. So they're like, okay, you can go look pretty now. Like he saved me, like, you know, to serve him. So that just like focusing on that, like when I focus on, take my focus off of myself and focus on like Christ and like how I can serve him, how I can serve others, it is a lot easier to let things like image um, and appearance kind of fade to the background. Thank you ladies so much. Would you guys um, join me in clapping for them and appreciate your, you know, just appreciate your openness and willing to share and come up here. So um, let's pray. God, thank you for uh, this morning. God, we thank you for uh, what you have shown us and are showing us uh, as we cover this, these areas of manhood and womanhood, Lord, and um, just how, how we together uh, display your full um, beauty and your glory, Lord. And uh, I thank you so much for how you have um, designed and, and wired uh, women and, and how you work in them, Lord, to just um, love and serve um, God in, in, in ways that just are so edifying to um, us as individuals and to uh, your body of Christ and um, just uh, people outside the church that need to see uh, what genuine, real love looks like, God. Thank you so much uh, for the women of this church, Lord, and I pray that you would continue um, to lead and guide them in the works that you have prepared uh, for them before the foundation of the world that's all made possible because of uh, the work of Jesus on the cross, Lord. Uh, we thank you, uh, we worship you, God, and um, yeah, we just bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.